the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black in Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Good morning and welcome in to Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Talking all things financial, especially trying to get you towards retirement. It's the goal. Hopefully. Doesn't always play out that way, but we'll see. So once again, uh, I throw this out there because I think it's worthy of throwing out there, that I got an email. Fellow investor, if you want the excitement and profits that come from investing in small stocks, selling for less than $10 a share, and want to avoid the money-losing mistakes that most investors fall prey to, I've got great news for you. You can profit stocks selling for ridiculously cheap prices and packed with potential, if you know how. Stocks that go from 5 to 50 or 7 to 70. Okay. This makes me kind of ill. It is filled with so much crap, so much lies. Um, it's tragic. If you really think that this guy had this, do you think he'd sell it to you for $10 a month? Probably not. You always need to look at the disclaimer. The disclaimer tells you everything, including your limitation of liability. Copyright infringements, issues along those lines. It says that there's free content, including blogs and forums written by our comments, emails, podcasts, and webinars that we have absolutely no touch to. It says you cannot understand the content published as part of the service. constitutes the recommendation that any particular investment security portfolio or security transaction or investment strategy is suitable for any specific reason. So basically, they say, we're going to make you rich, but we're actually going to say that we legally can't say that we're going to make you rich. So, and this comes from a legitimate website, sadly. One that's broadcast on CNBC on a daily basis. Be cautious. If it were that easy... They wouldn't have a disclaimer that's over 45 pages long. So stay away from get-rich-quick kind of schemes. They are not going to get you rich in any way, shape, or form. 
Now, we can talk about other things that are going on inside the world of money today. First and foremost, it's earnings season. It's a busy morning for earnings components like Verizon, United Health, Morgan Stanley, PepsiCo's a stock to watch today following yesterday's suggestion by investor Nelson Peltz at CNBC's Delivering Alpha concert, conference that Pel- Pepsi should buy Mondelez. Pepsi told CNBC during yesterday's show that it's confident its long-term strategy is fine. Like, why do we need rich people telling us what to do? Intel reported a second quarter profit of 39 cents a share. They did cut their 2013 revenue guidance, and their margins are incredibly high. I'm going to talk about that in a minute. American Express posted good profit of a buck 27. Revenue is essentially in line. Their shares had taken a hit on the announcement this week about the European Commission planning to limit credit card processing fees. IBM, their numbers were better this quarter than the last quarter. eBay, their numbers were worse this quarter than the last quarter. Xilinx had a great quarter. Specialty chip maker forecast current quarter revenue above expectations. Xilinx, IBM, Intel, Dell, SanDisk are all going to tie in together today. SanDisk earned a buck twenty-one for the second quarter, swamping expectations of ninety-three cents. Revenues were above expectations. The company was helped by a rebound in memory chip prices, stemming from increasing demand for mobile for mobile operators for flash memory. Okay, you might remember a couple years ago the iPod had like a sixty-four gig model, one hundred and twenty-eight. Like it was getting pretty crazy. Or at least it kind of was. What's interesting to note about this, and there's something interesting to note, is that there's a, a sea change that happened two years ago, and I think people are now starting to really accept it for truth. Dell today in a battle, their shareholder meeting, was canceled. Carl Icahn says, let's go for $14 a share. Dell's like, let's go for 13 now, Dell's for sale. Dell was a dominant company. I, I almost want to say they've been at a tailspin since they fired the Dell dude because he smoked marijuana. Dude, you got to buy a Dell. HP's gone from 60 to 11 to 25. Yesterday at Delivery Alpha's conference, we heard an analyst say that HP's business model is broken. Services and computers tied together. Microsoft seems to be making some news on their Xbox and online services. Intel admitted yesterday they've missed mobile and tablets and cell phone. The three areas of growth in tech. So Microsoft has really seen things stagnate until this year. Dell has seen things stagnate. HP saw things stagnant. They fixed it by firing people, not necessarily by innovating. HP said, we are going to get a phone out. There's been a leaked phone being shown that looks like an HP phone. Last year, Mark Zuckerberg said, you know, Facebook had no mobile revenues. Now we've got to get mobile. Google's got mobile pretty good with the phone. My phone now, when I wake up, it tells me, it checks with my Wi-Fi connection, and it says, you're 24 minutes away from work. My phone knows that I travel every day, roughly at the same time, to a location, and it's assuming it's work. This is not an app. This is not a GPS turn-on scenario. This is it's figuring out for my Wi-Fi location. 
and from where cell phone towers are, how long it's going to take me to get to work. I've said in the last couple of years, I totally think that I'm sticking with Google because of Google's navigation. Last week, I tried to turn on Google Navigation. It was gone. It was replaced by Google Maps. And I was like, damn. Oh. I love this application. It, it still works. It's, I don't think it's as intuitively user interface friendly as Apple Maps, believe it or not, or as Google's previous navigation software. But they want your smartphone to be smart. They know that I'm going to work five days a week, and it tells me when I wake up how long it's going to take. So if I need to hurry in my shower, or if I need to take an alternate route, or if I need to get out the door without breakfast, I know. Great Google movie. Google's going to report earnings today. I'm going to pay attention to it. So desktops and laptops appear to be dead. They appear to be placed on PE, stock buybacks, and dividends. Phone mobile, alive and well on tablet. Winners appear to be Amazon, Salesforce, Broadcom. Qualcomm, Arm Holdings, Netflix. Netflix got nominated for a Grammy today for a couple of their programs. Rest of Development and the Kevin Spacey one. Microsoft seems to be transitioning smartly. Intel, HP, and Dell kind of have that, uh, we need a little more online, social, cloud, something. I got an email from uh, when I turned on my computer today. It says, join Bing Rewards, get free Skype credit, exclusive offer, get 180 minutes of Skype credit after searching with Bing Rewards for 10 days. We're now getting paid to use services. It's pretty interesting stuff. Stick with me today. I think it's going to be a good show. Earning season brings out the best. You're listening to Rob Black and your money. Don't forget I got an event coming up in San Rafael in Marin. First day of August. Find out more about it at robblack.com. Wall Street heads for possible new heights. Good day to you. I'm Bob Moon with a Bloomberg Market Minute. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. I might have to take back control of the music of the show because it's starting to get a little hit or miss. I care about you. You're probably late 20s to early 60s. Most of you are probably driving to work right now. So I do want to put on the right music for you. Um, Something that's new, something that's fresh, but something that's reachable. More lumineers in my opinion, something that reflects me versus reflecting uh, a programmer at 107.7 The Bone, which I find to be the most vile station on the planet. Except for Sarah and Vinny, they're the most vile radio duo on the planet. If you knew how small she was and how she just chain smokes, you'd be like, she's not relatable. So Disney's eliminating perks, including executive car allowances, as the world's biggest entertainment company looks to further boost profitability. Disney's been reducing costs by firing hundreds of workers, closing offices, and outsourcing duties like video game development. 
as it looks to widen profit margin and extend to more than doubling of the stock price in the past five years. Okay, so they're taking away car perks, right? A monthly allowance, which amounted for $900 for a mid-leveled former Disney executive who didn't want to discuss the amount publicly. He comes out and says, it's $900 for a mid-level employee. That's pretty good. Um, Disney licensed Star Wars, Electronic Arts, going to make games for them. We'll see how that works out. The ultimate big thing here is there's a big threat from Fox, in my opinion. Fox is getting ready to launch a sports channel, which means ESPN's going to have to pay more for live sports, or Fox is going to pay more for live sports, or some eyeballs will just mitigate to Fox because we're kind of tired of ESPN. I think I told you recently, I don't remember ESPN replaying the top five, top ten plays of the year through the first six months of the year. as all, like They seem to be replaying a lot. Let's go to a caller, 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Bob in San Jose. Well, good morning, Rob. Uh, I had a question for you. I want to know what the difference between a CFP and an RIA is. It's huge. They're not even in the same business model. Um, let me explain it, and thanks for the call. I'm assuming you probably have an RIA who's handling your portfolio, a registered investment advisor. I used to be one. Is registered with the Securities and Exchange Commission. Um, it's a lo- mentioned a lot in what's referred to as the Investment Advisors Act of 1940. It's a test that you have to study for in order to become an RIA. You have to look at the Investment Advisors Act of 1940 and be able to talk about it. RAs are typically paid in a percentage of the value of assets, an hourly fee, a fixed fee, a commission on securities they sell. There is a fiduciary standard for investment advisors. It was, again, tied towards the Investment Advisors Act of 1940. It's trying to eliminate you know, potential conflicts of interest. So an investment advisor fiduciary standard versus a broker-dealer I think you'd rather go with an investment advisor or fiduciary. Now, registered reps who work with brokers have to find stuff that's suitable. So for non-institutional institutional clients, it's important to talk about. A certified financial planner is a professional certification that you have to maintain. Um, it's recognized, I think, a little bit more internationally. It's a designation. You have to meet education, examination, ethics. You have to pay an ongoing certification fee. You have to do continuing education. They have to know more about insurance planning, employee benefits, state and federal tax planning. When I was a registered investment advisor, I'd say, can't help you on your tax planning. Can't do it. Legally, I wasn't allowed to. Um, Investment and securities planning, asset protection planning, retirement planning, estate planning, financial planning and consulting. General principles of finance and financial planning. It's it's just a lot more education. Um, you have to have a little bit more work experience. Um, you have to gather client data and goals, establish and define a relationship, develop uh, financial recommendations and alternatives. A good financial plan is ridiculously large. You have to have three years or 2,000 hours of part-time experience in the financial planning field, two years of full-time experience under apprenticeship experience. You have to be approved by the CFP board during initial certification. So the ethics and the continuing education I really dig as far as the CFP goes. I'm not against RAAs. 
I just think you could go one step further when you're wealthy. I think a certified financial planner makes more sense. I think when you're accumulating wealth, I think doing it yourself makes more sense. I think the RIA gets lost. I think a lot of you know that I've got a financial tie to CFP Chad Burton. Back in the 90s and early 2000s, I looked around. as a, I was an investment advisor, registered investment advisor. I was very good at it, portfolio management. But some of my clients were 70, and they're getting the same stocks as some of my clients who were 20. Some of my clients had, were in a wheelchair, and they're getting the same stocks as someone who is 35 and just starting to get stock options at Google. So getting to know your client falls a little bit more on the CFP than on the registered investment advisor. And what's appropriate falls a little bit more on the CFP than what falls for the investment advisor. So again, uh, I knew that was change was coming. And I think I made a very wise move by acknowledging it. And thanks for the call. Um, the SP 500 up 10. We're set for record close territory today. Dow and SP 500 hit record highs. Dow's up 90, sitting at 15,561. The NASDAQ's up 10, sitting at 3,620. A couple pieces of economic data out there today. Um, jobless claims fall sharply. Could point to some strong hiring, which that's going to point to higher interest rates. Let's see how the interest rates are responding today. Eh, not much. 2.51 versus yesterday's 2.49. Gold sits up 6 to 12.84. Oil sits up fractions at 106. A lot of people think oil is going to reverse from here. I don't know. I don't know if I care. So Intel and eBay are slammed after disappointing outlooks. So that's interesting to note. Um, we get a lot of companies reporting earnings today after the market closes, including Microsoft and Google. Google reports um, expected $10.78, up from $10.12 last year. Google not only continues to dominate in both search and online display ads, it's increasingly becoming a hardware company. Google Glass will be brought up. Their stock is up 27% year-to-date. They found 58% in the last year. A lot of targets have been moving above $1,000 a share. Now, Intel's down 3% today because they missed expectations. And really, they said declining computer sales, weakness in China. What they needed to say was, we hit it a home run in mobile. We hit a home run in, in tablets. And they didn't say it. eBay is down 6%. Numbers were right on target. Warning of, quote, headwinds in the second half of the year coming from Europe and Korea. eBay has been focusing on mobile shoppers, international expansion, and partnerships with physical locations. eBay doesn't work quite as well for me as searching with Amazon for retail on the mobile experience. They're, they're trying. Got a big event coming up in... Senfell, Four Point Sheraton. You can sign up at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. It's coming up in the beginning of August. It's Thursday evening retirement seminar. We'll take a break here. I'll be right back. Black and your money 
on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. Welcome back in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing in more. What's on your financial mind? Delta is a vote on a buyout. Sign that it's lacking support. PayPal actually gave one guy, accident, PayPal accidentally gave a guy $92 quadrillion, making him the richest man in the world for a couple moments. Pippa Middleton's peeved about her parody Twitter account. When it was revealed on Twitter, she was asking, does nesting mean I have to live in trees? It's pretty funny, but it also tells you the damage that Twitter can do. She's got a brand that's pretty powerful. And it can be tainted by a couple false tweets. Tweet, tweet, tweet. Tiger's marriage with Nike lives on. Looks like he's got a new five-year, $100 million deal. Nike had no sales when he started many years back. Now they've got almost $900 million in sales of equipment. Whatever they pay him is probably worth it. Here comes Fox Sports. Thus, Disney's ESPN has competition. It's interesting to know. These are some of the headlines that we're working with today. Bank earnings are great. That's nice to see. Jobless claims were a little bit better than expected. Ben Bernanke's talking to the Senate Banking Committee today. It's, well, he's starting right now. So I guess we got that going. Let's take a quick look at the market numbers. I don't even know where we are today. I feel lost in this show. Earnings season. Love earnings season. SP 500 up 10, the NASDAQ up 10, the Dow up 97. Let's welcome in CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. He is our financial planning, our house financial planner for the show, Rob Black and Your Money. Headline reads A robotic toilet called the Numi. It retails for $6,400. It's a huge hit in China. The Numi uses motion detectors and remote control to open and close its seat to flush. It also features leg warming porcelain built-in stereo system, and three bidet settings. $6,400. Now, I want it, but I know that I shouldn't. It's like I want a BMW, but I know that I shouldn't. Uh, (laughs) Expensive toys. That sounds like a crappy investment to me. (laughs) Awesome. Thanks for the setup. You'll be here all weekend long. Don't forget to tip your waiters and waitresses on the way out. Um, no, again, it's funny in hindsight. Don't you wish you can go back and, and talk to yourself and say, no, no, don't do that. Don't buy. Like, for some reason, I wanted an Xbox 360. I wanted to see the technology. I wanted to like make sure that you know if we're going to talk about investing in Sony PlayStation 3 versus Xbox, it, it's a toy. It's a it's a $300 waste of money for me. It's something you know I don't even like console gaming, but I wanted to check it out just so I knew that I could I could talk about it. Um, because, you know, now the Xbox is super big in the living room, and people are using Xbox to actually watch videos more so than play video games. So, sure. it, you know, I, I, I got some money's worth from it, but expensive toys, they, they bring, they're a downfall for our, our society. They're a reason we don't save enough for retirement. The gotta-haves. I mean, it, it's kind of a big problem in China right now, too, you know, and as they're trying to get to a co- more consumer-based economy there, um, people are saving and saving and saving so they can get that next smartphone. What's going to happen to the Chinese population? Are they going to save 
or will the communist side of their government end up taking care of them in retirement? I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting to watch how China plays out over the next couple of decades. I suppose I'm almost agreeing with Susie Orman. She's got that segment on, Can I Afford It? Mm-hmm. And she basically tries to get the white, trashiest people on the planet to call in and say, you know, Suze, I want to get a, you know, something that's just way out of there, like a, a, a Rolex. Like, you should consider a Rolex when you've got a million dollars saved, but not a moment before that. Yeah. I mean, it's, again, it's, if you're going for depreciating assets before you've maxed out your 401k to the 17,500 level, yeah, you've got problems, and you're going to work till the day you die or be miserable in retirement. It's funny, because actually I'll tell people, if you're going to buy a, 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 a Rolex, buy a Rolex. Don't buy a $400 watch, buy a Rolex, because Rolexes will actually retail for what you paid for, sometimes, but not often. But sometimes. So what's the most expensive toy you've ever bought that you regret? Boy. I don't, you know, I think it's just... Oh, this is... I, so always, I always regret cars that I've bought. So I've bought... My current car I bought used, but the, the one new car that I bought just, you know, is a depreciating asset. It felt terrible that, you know, that buyer's remorse that you get two weeks later when your kids eat in the car after you've spent a year not letting them eat in the car, and then all of a sudden it just, it's a mess, all that kind of a thing. So I think it's always cars for me. Okay. I don't buy a lot of toys because I like activities. So. Okay, but your kids, do, you, do anything you regret buying them? <laughs> yeah. My uh, nine-year-old is a Lego nut. Right. And so um, for a, I can't remember what it was, I think a report card or something else, he got an $80 Lego set. Right. 80 bucks that I spent on my kid for Legos. They're yeah. expensive. Okay. And I said, you need to put this together the right way per the directions. <laughs> and... Uh, if you do, I'll, I'll, I will buy you another one next time, and he did it. But the second one, he didn't put together. It's just in a big pile on the table, you know, and it's just a wasted $80 Lego kit. Okay, so you got him a Lego kit, and then you insisted that he, he build what was on the cover of the Lego kit? Well, yeah, these Lego kits, I mean, they, they have, you know, 30-page instruction booklets to build a city, like for Indiana Jones or Ninjago. Okay. Nin- what, what is Ninjago? Ninjago is the latest craze in Legos. It's like these types of ninjas okay. that are Legos. Kids, kids love them. I learned there's Japanese Legos that are different than American Legos. <laughs> I won't tell your kid that because maybe and Legos launched a whole form of Legos for girls too. That I guess is kind of a flop, but we'll see. Which Legos are they, they already are for girls? It's I mean how in, insulting that you have to make them pink to make them for girls. Yeah. So anything else? Um, well, you know, I can tell you areas where I've wasted money that I wish I could go back. Love. I can't tell you how many bottles of wine that I've spent too much money on trying to get her, you know, to be impressed by me. Yeah. yeah. Um, jewelry. I say, you know, there's no woman on the planet can tell the difference between a diamond and a cubic zirconium. Go cubic zirconium, in my opinion. Yeah, because the other woman can't tell either. That's right. So get, get costume jewelry. And just... well, go, going back in time, I guess it would have been a post-nuptial agreement. <laughs> That's what I wish I would have spent money on that I didn't. Awesome. So the segment is look at the things you're spending money on. Question the things you're spending money on. You know, does your kid need his own little iPad? Probably not. Does he need a new iPad? Probably not. Can he get the iPad 1 and get by and live and not die? Probably so. And for your kids, you probably could have got a bitchin' set of Legos off Craigslist. You probably didn't have to go. But that's the thing is that you can buy all that stuff used. If it was going to end up in a pile of Legos, uh, could have bought a whole bunch used. I saw a new business, and I'll keep this short. It's for 20-year-old girls that basically... You give three bosses to another girl after you're done with three bosses, and it's like swapping of clothes. Mm-hmm. I love the idea. I don't know if it's practical in reality, but um, I love the ideas. And they're doing the same thing with kids' toys, where you can basically – it's kind of like a Netflix. 
for 20 bucks a month, we'll send you, you know, three sets of toys for your kids. You send them back, we'll send you more sets of toys. Thomas the Tank Engine. That's where I wasted, you know, spent a ton of money on for my kids. Thomas the Tank. Yep. I think it was com- uh, Thomas the Train, but that's neither here nor there. You're listening to CFP Chad Burton. You can find him online at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. And I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. SanDisk comes out with a great quarter, right? SanDisk makes flash memory. Flash memory obviously tied towards um, a lot of products that don't want a hard disk drive in it. I got a scathing email from someone a couple years ago, and keep in mind, SanDisk is sitting at a 52-week high right now. Um, I send out a newsletter probably once every four to six weeks, sometimes more as I get closer to a seminar. But I got a scathing attack on by me about why I think Flash is part of the future. Um, I don't know. It's, I'm surprised that people feel the need to be right. If you don't like what I say, just go away. You don't have to agree or disagree. Um, that's fair, right? I don't know. On occasion, I'm, I'm way wrong. Way wrong. On occasion, I will pick up a small company that's in a field that's going to be big, and it's something you shouldn't have touched. Teaching us again that the bigger trend, sometimes it's the bigger player that wins. It's the 800-pound gorilla. So a couple other big stories out there, and I think this is a big one. Fox Sports is going to be competing with ESPN, and that's Disney. Time Warner, you know, CNN-SI in 1996. More recently, Comcast with NBC Sports. Neither have become big visit destinations. Neither have become must-see programming. Coca-Cola, Pepsi, McDonald's, Burger King will say, you know what? We're not going to advertise with you, but even more importantly... Uh, the premium brand has been ESPN. They generate $9 billion a year for its parent company every year plus. So ever since News Corp split off from Rupert Murdoch's film and television assets, the new entity is starting Fox Sports 1, 24-hour network that's the most formidable challenge yet to ESPN. The challenges are getting a little bit better. Uh, Fox Sports 1 has real programming. They've got baseball, they've got the NFL, they've got the NBA, they've got uh, NASCAR, they've got soccer. I know you're saying soccer. Notice who's been left out of this conversation is hockey. It's just sports. Don't take it too seriously. You'll Rob Black and your money. You can find me in Marin, San Rafael, August 1st, Thursday evening, doing a retirement planning seminar. Um, if you've been to them before, there's no need for you to come again. Unless you really want to get, I don't know. You can sign up at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. We'll take a break. We'll be right back.
You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. Nike's $200 million man, Rory McElroy, is having another terrible round at the British Open. Four over after 13. Tiger Woods had a horrible start at the British Open, and he's rumored to be Nike's new $100 million man for the next five years. First uh, swing hits a tree. With that said, he was pretty far off from the fairway. Um, it landed in waist-high rough. The shot was so bad, Tiger decided to hit a provisional tee shot in case the ball was unplayable. You don't see that often. The British Open this year is being played at a course that snakes around in a circle clockwise for the first nine holes and then snakes around counterclockwise for the next nine holes. Um, so Woods had to take a drop. What once was in waist-high grass is now lying in flat. Able to get a good swing, but it hit the bunker. Bogey putt. Um, First hole didn't go so well. And again, this is a chance that advertisers take. I know that, speaking of advertisers, one of the things about Apple TV versus Google TV versus Netflix versus Hulu, Apple's trying to approach things radically different. It's taking them a very long time to sell the plan. Apple's not given up on trying to attack the TV market. Brian Stelter at the New York Times did a report that basically detailed Apple's attempt to do something with television. Instead of trying to create an Internet-based pay TV service, Apple's going to try to turn pay TV into another application. Thus, Intel is trying to build an Internet-based premium TV service. Google's in talks with companies to do something similar but it's not getting much interest. So Apple's talking to big distributors like Time Warner about doing applications with the current Apple TV, which is a little box that gets plugged into the television. Apple would provide its, provide its own layer of software on top of Time Warner's stream of the content. Apple's also starting to fire up some apps for Apple TV from individual channels. British Cable News, Sky One News, has an app for Apple TV that lets users around the world access the channel, thus bypassing traditional cable packages. Apple's trying a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And they're trying not to tip the Apple cart, so to speak, in cable companies. They're trying to let the NBCs, ABCs, CBSs, and Foxes know that they're not going to get commercials, but Apple may place commercials for them and give them kickbacks. So it's interesting how they're taking a completely different approach. So far, Apple TV is dominating all other streaming devices, including the Roku, because you can stream from your phone to your Apple TV product, where you can't stream from Google to your Roku product as easily. Today we've got the S&P 500 up 10, the Dow's up 101, the Nasdaq up 11. We're set to close at record highs on the Dow and the S&P 500. I think the big story of the day is Dell. Who wants to buy Dell? Raise your hand. Somebody does, and I don't get it. Um, Icon wants to buy them. Dell wants to buy them. But the people who are hot right now are not them. 
the people in tech who are hot are not the Dells and the Intels and the Microsofts and the Oracles. These are older companies that are more mature that kind of wanted to hang on to what they did well. Intel scoffed at ARM Holdings. Intel squawked at, you know, laughed at Broadcom. They could have bought both of them for almost nothing. And now they're like, oh, our margins are going to be good because we have high-end chips. But I don't think people care about high-end chips anymore. The jump from the 8086 to the 286 to the 386 to the 486 to the Pentium is pretty huge. I haven't noticed all that much difference in three to five years. So I'm not jumping like, woo I think the new tech winners right now are Amazon, Salesforce, Broadcom, Qualcomm, Arm Holdings, Netflix, somewhat Microsoft. I'm probably missing one or two for sure. You have to be online. You have to be social. You have to be cloud computing. You have to have one of those words, mobile. Um, I think Apple should be added to that, but I own shares of Apple, so be cautious on that. You know, Dell for sale. HP fell from 60 to 11 to 25. One hedge fund said yesterday, I don't see Dell's point. I don't see it. I'm sorry, HP's point. Um, I I wouldn't buy Dell for $14 a share or $13 a share. I don't know what they're going to do. Maybe they'll do... A lot of people are like, why did Hostess go bankrupt? And then someone came out with Twinkies 90 days later. Well, they bit bankrupt so they can, you know, change the formula, make it last 20 days longer. Thus, they're able to get away from that whole, if you ever drive at 6 in the morning, 5 in the morning, you see the oral wheat trucks where it's made at the bakery and brought fresh to the stores. They can get away from that. Twinkies used to be made fresh at the bakery and brought to the stores. And now they can just take it to a uh, distribution center. Because it lasts longer. Dell needs something. Dell needs to go into bankruptcy, not bankruptcy. They need to go private so that someone can figure out what are we going to do with this. To get your calls in the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Don't be shy. Pick up the phone. Give me a call. I'll be in San Rafael and Marin. August 1st, 6.30 to 9 p.m. Thursday evening, Retirement Planning Seminar with CFP Chad Burton. You can find out more about the event at robblack.com. robblack.com. You can find out more about New Focus Financial at newfocusfinancial.com. Anyhow, anyway, interesting earnings season. I'm liking it so far. And the jobless numbers this morning, pretty good. What's it worth to protect your family's future? One dollar? Third deposit transaction law. The Real Estate Report with Tony Mendez. This is Tony Mendez from The Real Estate Report here on KDOW. Listen in on Tuesday nights, 6 to 7, for your insights into the ever-changing real estate market. Get updates on the Bay Area local markets, inventory reports, interviews with local professionals, and much, much more. Whether you're an investor, homeowner, or you're looking to buy, we hit all of the issues that empower you to make the right decision. The Real Estate Report with Tony Mendez, part of Money 2.0, Tuesdays at 6 p.m. Here on AM. 1220 Katie. And opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers. And should insightful, informative, irreverent. We're ready. The Wall Street Business Network.
presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800 516 1220. So call in, we'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we could talk about. And I mean anything. If you want to talk Sharknado, there's investment angle over it. There's a couple investment angles. The writer who wrote it hasn't been offered a sequel. I'm not sure the writing is exactly what won that. I think it was more like the internet won that. Sharknado is something that hit the markets pretty hardcore. By surprise. You mix a tornado that has lots of water. Going over an ocean or something like that, picking up crazy amounts of sharks, and then dropping them into the middle of the United States where they shouldn't have shark issues. And you could see uh, why there was a craze on it over Twitter. I mean, everyone was talking about it. Everyone. So, compelling stuff. Tara Reid, come on. Come on, no. It can't be. What else is there today? There's plenty. Um, Dow hits record high. Lumia, not enough to rescue Nokia. I asked a trader this week from briefing.com, strategist slash trader. I said, does high-frequency trading ruin it for the individual? So it kind of does. Now, there are high-speed trading favorite stocks that you should probably avoid, including SiriusXM, Sprint, Microsoft, Cisco, Pfizer, GE. High-speed traders like Microsoft has market cap above $300 billion and trades around $36 a share. They balk at Apple. They balk at Google. Similar high valuations. But they trade in triple digits. If I make the same amount in rebates either way, I'd rather pony up three bucks to buy a company stock than a few hundred dollars. Ties up less capital. So that's something you should think about. Um, so you got to watch what you're investing in and understand why it's working against you. <coughs> Excuse me. I got the cough. I think I got the black lung. Pap. I think I got the black lung. In the world of absurd, I live in the Bay Area. One of the stories out there today is three grandchildren, three small children, got shot, as did a grandmother. And they're investigating it. And I'm like, one of the young girls died and she was on a play date. I refer to that story as absurd. Tragic. Um, ultimately not good, right? 
But again, it brings up the insanity of how often does this happen to small children? And the answer is not that often. Maybe in Oakland it happens more often. In my hometown, not that often. I bring that up. I'm not a big fan of life insurance on children because children tend not to die. But maybe if you live in an area that tends to have a little bit more problems, maybe that's something you do care about. I don't have the answers for you, and we're all very, very different. Other stories of note that are out there today. Netflix Emmy nominations came out. Well, Emmy nominations came out, and Netflix was on the list. A lot of things were on the list. But House of Cards scored nine nominations, including Best Actor, uh, Best Actress. It's a huge win for Netflix. There's no doubt about it. Netflix, Netflix earned more nominations than stars. But way fewer than Showtime and HBO. So Netflix pulled 14. Showtime and HBO earned 31 and 84. Res- 31 and 108, respectively. Netflix is being lauded for one good show, even though they had a second show, Arrested Development, scoring three nominations. But they're kind of skewing it towards Game of Thrones. Hit shows are ultimately very, 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 very tough to come by. Netflix is going to have to turn out more House of Card level shows, and it's going to be expensive. Their other original shows, Hemlock Grove and Orange is New Black, didn't get a lot of buzz. More people still watch Netflix for Breaking Bad and Mad Men than watch it for Game of Thrones. Not Game of Thrones, excuse me. Arrested Development or... Um, the Kemp House of Cards. Why am I dropping that one? Because I haven't watched it. Um, old song about cable networks taking over the broadcast guys. It's still very, very true. There's only one broadcast guy that did really, really well. Downtown Abbey. By uh, PBS. And what's ironic is the Emmys show up on CBS... And they're kind of the ones who are getting punked by cable. Um, Game of Thrones pulled in 16 nominations. Joffrey dies next year. Behind the Candelabra scored 15 nominations. Veep, starring Julia Louis-Dreyfus, got five nominations. Girls, critically loved, got five. So, I don't know. I'm throwing it out there for you. Like, again, do you see the trend? You probably do. So first-time unemployment claims, very, very low today. We're very happy with that. Wireless gains lift Verizon, and they have an early upgrade plan coming. Morgan Stanley profits up 66%. Interesting story that I tie together. Disney is phasing out out executive car perks. Iger's pushing profit. Stock's done great. But a company... Inside of Disney, ESPN, they've spent a lot of money recently on sports. Ultimately, sports are just a game, and I think they should be taken lightly. And Fox Sports has taken that approach. They've, a, they've brought in Regents Philbin to talk uh, host show. They've brought in two goofy guys from Canada to host a, a late-night show. I don't know, Right? 
Nike's $200 million man, Roy McElroy, having a terrible time of it at the British Open. Nike's paying Tiger only $100 million. But obviously for a lower, lower period of time, and that's $20 million a year. Philip, Morning, uh, Philip Morris earnings. I'm starting to mix words. I've slept about six hours in the last three nights, just so you know. Like, it's been a rough. Earnings season brutalizes me. Philip Morris, our second quarter profits fall 8% of shipments of cigarettes fell in all regions. That has to be considered a winner, right? Philip Morris manufactures cancer. Yes, they have an enjoyable smoke, so after work you can relax. PayPal accidentally gave someone $92 quadrillion. I would have printed that statement out and shown it to the supermodels of the world. Because it wasn't in his account for very long as PayPal figured out the problem. Dell delayed a vote on buyout. It lacks support. The PC business is dead. HP's got a, a flawed business model. Dell's for sale. Intel missed mobile and t- missed, and they said we missed mobile and tablets. They said it out loud. Facebook last year said we we don't have mobile. Phone and mobile live and well as is cloud. Amazon, Salesforce, Broadcam, Qualcomm, Arm Holdings, Netflix, Microsoft, all winners because of exposure to cloud and other services. Tablets. You can find me online at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. We'll take a break here. I'll be right back. Thirty-six month monitoring contract required. General terms. AM twelve twenty KDOW. Waking up, Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Nike's got a new shoe out that is really, honestly, mostly sock with a sole on it. It's really tough to explain. But again, it does bring up, you know, what they do well. They continue to get us into new products. Whether it's $250, $250 sneakers for LeBron James, or $160 socks with the sole on them. I'm not saying there's the right answer. I'm not. Just throwing it out there. Something to think about, right? To get your calls in the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Anything you want to talk about, we could talk about. I try to point out that the market is more good than bad. But that we, as individuals, mess things up. I despise people in real estate who are like, the market's too volatile. Real estate always screws up. Real estate's not even close to its 2006 highs. As far as median homes go, not even close. And the markets that everyone was saying, the market always goes up, you should buy this market, typically are brought to you by people who have a financial interest in it. For instance, 
There's a guy that I know that uh, he just meets out of the blue, a guy from Dallas who does apartment buildings there. He's like, you want to come on my show and talk about it? He's like, sure. Pay me a couple hundred dollars and you could do it. He's never been to Dallas. He's never seen the apartment buildings. I prayed it, fight it pretty vile. A couple of years ago, people were talking about you know Australia being the next big real estate market. Okay, let's say you have a, a tenant go bad in Australia. Good luck flying down and figuring it out. We have a property management go bad on you. Historically, stocks beat bonds and bonds beat real estate. Real estate needs wages to increase. Real estate historically beats inflation, but not by much. When you factor in your home depreciation value for anything that you've paid off 2 to 4% a year, due to the cost of the dollar, due to the cost of inflation, and your historical returns are only around 5%, it doesn't leave a lot left over. Now, again, you get to deduct your interest mortgage. Congress is talking about taking that away. Another positive is the you know, 30-year fixed mortgage is at a fixed rate and doesn't rate us for inflation either. On the opposite side of, hey, that equity that you've paid off gets hit by inflation. Your future payments don't. So I'll try to tell you both sides of the story versus the side that's going to benefit me the most. If history is in any indication, the recent spike in mortgage rates can have very little to no impact on home prices. According to a new report out of Fannie Mae, this goes back to 1990, so it's not history of the world, part one. I give you the 15 commandments. One of them blows up. I give you the 10 commandments. This is the history of Fannie Mae mortgages back to 1990. History suggests that interest rate increases at the level. Recently witnessed will not stop the current housing recovery. What's really true about this statement is we're still at pretty record we're still at lows. From October ninety three to December ninety four when rates rose from nine from six point eight percent to nine point two percent. And from October ninety eight to May two thousand when weight rates rose from six point seven percent to eight point five percent, they climbed. Now this is data that's out of context. Fannie Mae is not really telling us when you go from 3.5% mortgages to 4.5% mortgages, which is exponentially greater than 68 to 9.2. During the 1990s, early part, home prices leveled off, then fell slightly. During the second rate climb, there was no impact on home prices at all. So there's other trends inside of this trend. Sometimes people will say, you know what, I need a home, I'm going to do an adjustable rate mortgage. That kept payments affordable. There's only so many homes on the planet. Some of them will get burned down or smashed by a flood this year, or a Sharknado combination will hit them. Fannie's research may shine some light onto what will happen to the housing market in the months ahead, no doubt, but not the years ahead. I know that if you take a look at my house, at 4.5% 30-year mortgage versus 3.5% 30-year mortgage, the affordability is massively different. So the report that came out, Lawrence Wan, who's the chief economist of the National Association of Realtors, he believes mortgage rates will impact sales volume and that home prices will ultimately follow. 
thing we got going right now is it's still a pretty low mortgage rate compared to inflation. The thing going against us is a lot of the people who've been buying have been investors and not necessarily individuals. Investors can raise billions of dollars. Individuals, they can't raise a mortgage payment from 3000 to 4000 without it hitting them. Get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. I pride myself on that. Tiger's marriage with Nike lives on. Dell delaying a vote on their buyout. This is all going to get done by October. What's interesting to note is I don't, I'm not so sure Carl Icahn wants the company as much as he wants a slightly higher bid from the company. Disney's taking out car perks. That's kind of interesting. Not to the point that I'm going to jump up and down. I'm more interested in how Fox Sports 1 strategy versus ESPN is going to work because Fox Sports 1's philosophy so far appears to be jocular. Jocularity. They've hired a couple of Canadian pranksters to anchor the network's flagship program and building another show around Regis Philbin. They're trying to fight inertia. ESPN is a 30-year head start. But they seem to be going towards the right places. Um, the guy who came up, who's running Fox Sports 1, he also came up with the dancing NFL robot for Fox. I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> you know, I don't know if that's exactly what I would put on my resume. But maybe. i got an event coming up in Marin. I hope uh, many of you sign up for it. If you've ever signed up for three of these, stop coming. It's discouraging to see you, and you're taking seat, someone else's seat. But it's a retirement planning event. Thursday evening from 6.30 to 9. 6.30 to 9. It's in San Rafael, Four Points Sheraton. That basically means I'm not allowing myself to get home and get to sleep till almost 11. So hopefully you sign up. Still free for the last uh, for a couple more days. You can sign up at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. Drop me an email, rob at robblack.com. We'll take a break here. We'll be right back. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. I'll say some shocking things from time to time like, be careful. Like, 20s are pretty important for you to get out there and stretch your legs and start learning some economic realities. But if you haven't done that, you're still going to need to do it at some point. I know people that are planning on retiring in Belize because it's cheaper than the United States. So you need to find out how much cheaper is it. You need to find out, will they take you? Will you get health care? Some of the answers may surprise you. You have to have a plan on what you're going to do from 60 to 100. You know, oftentimes I've said things like, if I ever get seriously disabled, a person who's in my community is 
having a really tough, tough time physically. And he's a younger, younger man. And basically it was a cancer in his body. He got a transplant and it's gone out pretty well for him. But the side effects haven't. I never want to be a burden. And healthcare is a big part of retirement. What's your long-term health care plan look like? Do you have a spouse that's going to take care of you? My dad, he lived 60-plus years, got cancer. My mom last year took care of him. Otherwise, that would, someone would have had to have been paid. My mom's had you know three bouts with uh, long-term care, and someone's going to have to, had to take care of her, and it's been expensive. It's not cheap. Take a quick look at some of the market numbers, see how we're doing for the day. Um, we're in record territory, and I like that and all, but I don't get crazy about it. It doesn't define me. S&P 500 up 11 at 1692. The Dow up 113 at 15,583. The Nasdaq's up 12 at 3622. Let's welcome in certified financial planner Chad Burton. You can find him online at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. And he is a certified financial planner, which is different than a stockbroker, which is different than um, you know an investment advisor. It's different than a certified retirement specialist, which is a made-up title. The only title I care about is a CFP. Let's talk withdrawal. Mm-hmm. Let's talk pulling money out, withdrawal methods. Um, if you don't want to make a baby... No, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about pulling money out of retirement. Um, You've got this nest egg. What's the concept that we need to know on how to pull money out so that the rate, we don't burn too much too fast? Well, the first idea is getting an, knowing whether or not you're, you're withdrawing too much. Right. If you're 50 years old and you're having to draw 4% of your portfolio to live and you think you can stay retired, you can't. You have potentially 50 years worth of inflation. So if you're drawing $50,000 a year now, in 18 to 20 years, you're going to have to live, draw $100,000 a year to live. And with muted returns in the, in the bond side, with very low income on bonds, you're going to run into problems. So, you know, 65, if you can draw 4% of your portfolio to live, you're going to be okay. More than that, you're going to run into some problems, which means that means that you're not going to be able to keep up with inflation. How realistic is it that I never touch my principal and I just live off my dividends? If you can retire at 65 and, and comfortably have you know, 2% of your portfolio to live, and then that starts the draw rate, so eventually you're going to you know, be pulling you know, all of your income. Yeah. So if you're only pulling 2 or 3%, that means the majority of your returns can be reinvested for future inflation. Um, and in the past, you could just, if you were that type of a wealthy person, you could just turn around and put all your money in treasuries. Now that's not the case. Treasuries are at a historical low in terms of yield. And so there's almost more risk there than having a mix of stocks and bonds. How often do you recommend people search for higher yield, knowing that they're going to compromise on credit quality and or compromise on uh, equity smoothness or, uh, what am I trying to say, principal uh, risk? Well, what you look at is credit spreads. Okay. So the times where you're going to look at compromising or taking a little bit more risk and going for that higher yield. And an example of this is you look in March of 2009 where all bonds were thrown out with the stock market. I mean, the bond market got crushed for a short period of time. And the spreads between AAA rated debt and government debt versus high yield debt was at an all-time high. 
And within a year or two, you had you know 15 to 30 percent rates of return on high yield bond funds. Um, so when the credit spreads between high quality bonds and high yield bonds is at a historical high or higher than the 10 year average, that's when you move money into those categories. The problem is right now that I think a lot of people are moving into way too much into preferred stocks with financial companies. Um, they're moving into uh, high dividend paying stocks that are directly tied to interest rates. And they're searching for that yield to replace bonds and replacing it with very volatile assets. How about protection from inflation? Mm-hmm. You can truly never protect yourself from inflation, even with Treasury inflation protected securities, because different types of inflations occur. You know, tips only protect you against consumer inflation, sort of. Yeah, it's kind of the CPIU. CPI. Yeah. Whereas senior citizens, their inflation is more tied towards healthcare costs, which is higher than the CPI typically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, five to six percent. So can you truly protect yourself against inflation with your principal, or is that just a fantasy? In theory, okay. you can. By, um, in terms of if you look at an overall bond portfolio, you typically want some corporate bonds, a mix of you know, high quality and a, a mix of a little bit of high yield in there when you're retired. On the government bond side, you want basic government bonds, and those come in the forms of treasuries or TIPS, Treasury Inflation Protected Bonds, where the face value of the bond gets adjusted upward if there is inflation. Um, and uh, Ginny Mays, for example. But then of your bond portfolio, you want a good percentage of that, too, in foreign bonds. And this is something we talk about. Because if you're earning interest rate, if you're earning interest in other currencies' bonds, or other countries' bonds, and their currency, and your dollar's falling, once you move that currency back into U.S. currency, you get that extra boost from the, the exchange rates. So by being with a good foreign bond manager, and they're focusing on countries that have an increasing currency versus the U.S. dollar, that's a, that's a hedge against inflation as well. And then investing also in things like you know energy stocks that pay a nice dividend. That's another way to do it. So in theory, you can. But we're, we're, we're coming into a time, Rob, where 10 years ago, nobody was investing in commodities. And the correlation was almost negative to the stock market. So you know if stocks were down, typically commodities would be up, kind of like with bonds. Now everything – real estate used to be that way as well. Now both real estate and commodities have gone closer to a correlation with the stock market. So really, to really hedge against the bad times, you still need that three years' worth of expenses and cash in retirement. Any final thoughts on taking capital gains as an investment strategy as far mm-hmm. as pulling down your uh, principal? Yeah, because what you have to do when you, uh, you know, five years prior to retirement, you need to look forward and say, how much am I going to have to draw from my portfolio every year? So here's my expenses. Maybe it's 100000 a year and you're getting fifty from Social Security and your pensions. You're going to have to draw fifty from your portfolio. That means you have 150000 in cash. And that's where you're going to spend your money from. You're going to send your dividends and interest from your, your portfolio to your checking account, and you're going to spend some of your cash. And every quarter, you look at your portfolio. If you have an up quarter, you peel off enough of those gains uh, to replenish the cash. Does that mean you pay taxes? Yes. But would you rather pay taxes on gains or watch your gains disappear? We're talking withdrawal from your lump sum, from your pension, from your retirement plan, from your nest egg. I'm speaking with certified financial planner Chad Burton for more information about how to draw down your account. Find him online at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. And again, I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, more. Dow hits record high. Jobless claims fall. That's two very important issues out there today. Morgan Stanley earnings up 66%. I want to see the banks do well. They're up 20% for the year. I think they've got more upside over the next year, five years, 10 years. United Health Group, big winner. They reported earnings above forecast, improved its sales outlook. Nice. Healthcare companies weren't supposed to be this. 
Verizon reported a 21% jump in quarterly income from a year earlier. Nokia stock falling. They reported a 24% plunge in quarterly sales from a year ago level. Jobless claims back to them declined more than expected down to 334,000, probably implying that we may have a healthier unemployment number in August than we did in July. Some other big issues out there today to pay attention to as far as headlines go. Um, and again, that's Netflix gets lots and lots of love today because of being tied towards Emmy nominations. Now keep in mind, they've done it with House of Cards and uh, Best Actor, Best Actress. They spend a lot of money marketing this. But they're no HBO. HBO's been doing it since Sopranos. Sex and the City. Show after show after show after show. HBO pulls in 108 nominations from numerous shows. Netflix gets Arrested Development. Uh, Showtime pulls in more. So, a lot more. 31 versus 8. So, I don't know. I guess they got 14. Excuse me. 31 versus 14. Some things that we're continuing to think about are the stories that continue to play out on Wall Street. Some of them are trends, some of them are investments, some of them are, you know, just drama. Who cares about this billionaire guy? Or do you? Bill Ackman, is he wrong on Herbalife or not? There's a story that got circulated yesterday that basically U.S. government starting to see some of their trade practices at Herbalife is questionable. And the stock's up today. So is that people buying now so they could sell later? I don't know if I want to play that game. I don't want to fight. Billionaires fighting. Let them do it without me. It's Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing more. Please don't be shy. Call the show 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Rob Black talking all things financial. Take a break here. Be right back. Be encouraged to make progress in parallel. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show and supporting the show. I try to do my best to give you a good second opinion. It doesn't always work out quite like that. Um, where do I go with this? I guess let's take a look at some of the stories and the numbers and see if we can't put a nice little bow on the show today. Don't forget to do a television show on Channel 4, Cron, every Monday at 11 a.m. SP 500's up 10, Dow's up 107, the NASDAQ's up 9. The S&P and the Dow hit fresh record highs as earnings are rolling out. It's pleasantly surprising to me, but I'll take it. Gold is ticked up. Fed keeps up pressure with new stimulus views. The oil price, $107 a barrel, a little bit of a problem, but gold's appreciating as well. Um, I ended the last segment talking a little bit about Herbalife. It's surging today after an analyst said, you know, um, he's still making money in it. He's still 100% in it. Not an analyst, but a hedge fund manager. I don't really bet against billionaires or not against billionaires, and I never short a stock. You'll hear people on radio and television 
newspapers, newsletters, tell you to short a stock. And I, I don't like that. And I'll tell you in large part why. Because we bought Pet Rocks in the 1970s. And you need to be a little bit cautious on that. People will always buy something stupid. It's in their natures. Now again, if it turns out to be complete true fraud, then maybe you're right. But be careful trying to be right. I think that's the biggest mistake that people make. So Morgan Stanley, they reported better than expected numbers on better than expected revenue. IBM beat expectations on earnings. They raised their 2013 earnings guidance as well. They're taking a $1 billion workforce rebalancing charge. Intel's down today. They basically guided lower for 2013. Same thing with eBay, they reaffirmed their 2014 forecast, but they reaffirmed it lower than the market's numbers were at. So tonight we're going to get earnings from Google. I think that's something a lot of people will be watching. Um, AMD, Microsoft, Wynn Resorts, Capital One Financial, Credit Card Play. Tomorrow before the open, we get Baker Hughes, Honeywell, Lehman, LH. Hold on, that's not Lehman, is it? That was a little bit of a throw for me. LH, LH. Oh, Laboratory Corporation of America. Glad I corrected that one, huh? See, even I make mistakes. So we're going to be paying a lot of attention to tomorrow's numbers. Um, and tonight's after the close. You know, when you earn a billion dollars, you're contributing to GDP in the United States somehow, some way, some shape, some form. So we're going to be paying attention a lot to Google because they've been a big winner this year. Microsoft's been a winner, but not as big as Google. So more writing, maybe. I wouldn't go that far and say definitively, but I'd say maybe worth looking at. We got a lot of economic data, initial jobless claims this morning, uh, continuing claims this morning. Uh, the number of Americans who continue to be unemployed after a long period of time is too high. Uh, natural gas inventories are, are telling. So, um, yeah, you try to put all this together in some way, say, perform that makes sense. So, and sometimes you're more right than others. Like, you know, Europe economic data was very limited today. China's house prices jumped 6.8% month over month. That's too hot. They're not going to be able to stimulate their economy like they used to in the past, or hopefully they don't. To get your calls in the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Um, Netflix gets some Emmy nominations and people are all flutter. Yeah, the way we're consuming TV has definitely changed. And it's also telling us the way we, you know, purchase computers have changed. 30-year 30 30 year mortgage rate declined to 4.37% across the United States. Now, again, that's not a jumbo, which most people in the Bay Area are in a jumbo. Um, the 15-year mortgage... Uh, the five-year adjustable, 15 years sits at 3.41%. Last week it was 3.5. And the five-year adjustable goes from 3.2 to 3.1. So the spike took off a little of the spike, traded back down. It's not going to give it all up. We don't think that. We see too much strength in that economic data. Safeway's in the news today. They said that their second quarter profit fell to $8.4 million. Um, down from last year's... Profit fell to 8.4 million. Oh, on revenue of 122 million. Company agreed to sell its Canadian operations in June and complete the initial public offering of subsidiary Blackhawk. So, Safeway stock has been a big winner. It's something I was talking about on air around 16 dollars. Uh, 
owned it. It's currently at $26. Uh, took some of it off the table. 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Anything you want to talk about, we could talk about. Um, from finances to money to more. i got a big event coming up in Marin, San Rafael, Four Point Sheraton. It's a retirement planning issue event. You can sign up at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. You'll ought to be automatically be kicked out of the system if you signed up more than three times. So keep that in mind. I'm trying to save the space for newbies, so to speak. You can sign up at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. Let's take a little bit of a break here. Let's come back in 22 hours. Keep in mind, you can find me on Twitter, Rob Black Show. Facebook group page, Rob Black Show. Um, Facebook page, I Hate Rob Black. Facebook page, Cron4, Rob Black. So there's numerous ways to find me. The YouTube channel is a copy of the stuff that I do on TV. I'm going to be launching a new website shortly. Um, I sent in my final edit, so I'm kind of excited to see what that looks like. You can sign up for any event of mine at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. Don't be shy. Drop me an email. Get in touch. Strategy questions are preferred stock questions because they're more broad in scope. 800-516-1220. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about tomorrow on the Wall Street Business Network. Views and opinions expressed by Rob Black. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.